This is Rainy Day Radio coming to you with part two of a recognition of the aforementioned belief in the impossible and nothingness becomes another heroic attempt at establishing contact with reality where I learn to stop hoping and fully embrace the same thing. I was just over here thinking blandly of all the crossroads in life. Junction points and actions written into this playhouse of a body. Why was I asked to go there? This is Nils Sortie, think speaking. A human once, Nils was too defeated by the hardships of the 21st century life and chose instead to be reborn as an orange tabby, Chun's neighbor. At this point, they had developed quite a funny relationship. Often Chun would be sitting, giving dissertations to the robins and squirrels and ever-changing fog, and then Nils would appear from nowhere with these cryptic allegorical responses that were conveyed through thought. Nils is a cat. Telepathy is easy for them. Drawn away, yet told also to stay, getting there to do my part. Release some balloons, make bloody art, a hundred bags sewn of old clothes filled with media of indigenous woes. Calamity, an adorable parade, but woe the irreverent will never be swayed. Hidden, alive, meek, I am not here. I watch you do dishes and clean your kitchen and love the hero, which makes me the anti-hero, because the law is that opposite tonight. Water the plants. Snow has melted. It brightens and darkens. What is my future? All this goddamn fucking shit. What is the future? This epoch of wrong. Pave it that swamp. Pave it that canis meadow. Pave it old growth timber. Nils was formerly an activist anarchist who gave away most of their life to the cause of redirecting the human race. There was simply no other way to live, but at some point, a fatalistic perspective appeared, probably implanted via radio frequency by the enemy, and Nils could no longer see any clear solutions or pathways that had any value, so they plopped themselves in front of a freight train while staring at a sigil that would reintegrate their soul into a cat and voila. An orange tabby born in a barn at the far end of California in the wet river valleys where no one goes. Except for the two that do. And of course, the ones who were intended to. So what he said, I found the crossroads in which I was called to leave to journey, to partake in the struggle, to abandon lives and seek new ones in order that I might not be just my own mask as to flesh. But when I reflect on what I meant, long term, long term, long term, one long term begets the next long term. Sortie said, I found the crossroads in which I was called to leave journey, to partake in the struggle, to abandon loves and seek new ones in order that I might not be just another mass of wasted flesh. But when I reflect on it, I lament. 
Wrong turn, wrong turn, wrong turn, one wrong turn begets the next wrong turn because if the way it goes is wrong, unless you know, then you don't know, and you just keep on going until at some point something tells you, wrong turn, buddy. Jenna did listening intently, thinking that perhaps this was a response to their dissertation earlier. They had been wondering about the future Buddha and how much help that person received along their path in order to one day be found sitting beneath an oak tree, contending with the ultimate adversary, putting his hand down on the ground and asking the earth if it was not his right to sit beneath that tree, at which point the earth spoke, Yes, it is such which was the final moment before the enlightenment took place and the adversary took away all his temptations and let the Buddha be. Chun asked Nils, Are we misled by everything in order that we flail to the chagrin of some invisible power? And Nils responded, I could be someone else, somewhere else, knowing different people and places and tree songs. I could be dead. It's just frustrating. Now I hunt mice and songbirds and relax in the sun, watching everything slip away so steadily from us all. Now don't misinterpret this situation. Chun and Nils don't actually speak to each other. Chun usually speaks out loud, and Nils will just stare, and words will appear in Chun's mind. The only things Nils says out loud are typical cat noises, and Chun has no idea what they mean, like most people. The thought relationship the two of them have is without question real. Nils continued. Once a gypsy took me in a bush and gave me a tarot deck, initiating me into the realm of divine guidance. Then I asked, What questions do I ask? And he took the deck away from me, saying I wasn't ready and that I had to find him later. So I just kept drifting in, mapless. I think they should issue those things to every child in the world. They really give us nothing at all. At least we could be made in touch with God in our own foolish way. Chen turned to the old white oak tree in the distance where once they had seen 13 vultures land on a sunny day in the ending part of the cold wetness. The vultures were all just sitting there completely silent with their wings held open. They were drying off, letting the warm sunny wind blow through. Chen hadn't seen them for a few months since they leave when it gets cold. They come back when the eels swim upriver. I am writing this down now because the ravens have been ecstatically gnawing at my mind from every direction, through every channel, with their croak and clackle and call and chirp. Wherever I go, it seems. I don't understand them clearly. Edging away, chillating. Napping my mind, I shout at them, Tell me clearly! But they don't say, they don't. They just say things like, Put down what the gray poets need to hear. Put down what you have to say about what is rarely spoken of. Put down the comedy. But put down none of it because in the end, it will be boring. And there's only so much time and energy we are willing to devote to you in a day before we depart to our otherworldly deeds. You are a blip. Don't forget, nothing is important. Just because it can be done doesn't mean it needs to. They say this to me while I'm just quietly walking around in the woods looking for mushrooms I can eat because I value that kind of nourishment. 
He also said something else like, There's so much effort in building a wheel, so much time goes to it. Carbon clusters the size of golf balls, Bolsheviks and Pontius Pilate, groovy bass lines and Irish dance music. Can't you all just understand how nice it is to improvise? I don't know what any of it really means. I like the part about improvisation. I agree emphatically with that. Chun was staring at a kettle floating upside down in a metal drum that was cut in half and turned into a fire pit. Chun was thinking about how important it might be to help prevent our elders' minds from deteriorating before they relate to us all their life lessons, lest we just go on recreating their misery in our lives. Thinking perhaps we could move collectively from some common points of understanding and respond better to the future that lies directly in front of us all. Then Chun took a breath and shouted at the rain. I am an irresponsible prophet. I care most for the ease of my survival. The robins get fat here because I run off the ravens because they steal from the hens. Help the world overcome oppression. Rain, don't fall prey to narrow-mindedness. Help reconcile the disputes. The rain pattering down now and then, stopping now and then, suggested to Chun and whoever else might listen. When the waters of spring begin to recede, walk the shoreline and put the minnows back into the stream, or dig channels back into their pools so that they may live. This is all you can do besides blowing up those awful dams. Do this for me, for I cannot be here always, and the waters will recede. That concludes part two.